You are listening to audio from Ebenezer Baptist Church on the corner of Ebenezer Baptist and Pleasant Green Road in Hillsboro, North Carolina. If you would like to learn more about our church, please go to ebcconnect.org. Now, here's our pastor with this week's sermon. Um, today, as we continue in Mark, I want to remind us of a couple of things that we've talked about, and then we'll move into this, because today is Mother's Day. And it's fitting, as we start looking at Scripture, that we kind of focus in on a particular scenario, a particular scene that includes a mom. There are numerous places in Scripture where we have reference to moms doing certain things. You remember um, Hannah praying for a child and dedicating her child to the Lord. And there's other instances where we see God working through the life of a mom, and this is going to be one of those places. So last week, um, or over the last couple of weeks, we discussed the importance of faith, and then we talked about what it was to take action in our faith. We said that that would be, include a one-step kind of thing. So one step of faith for some of us would be to work in a certain area. One step, step of faith for others would be to join the choir or to go serve somewhere in the community. That may be a one step of faith. And we also learned last week that God vets the heart more than he is concerned about the outward appearance of us. We put on Sunday best, but outward clothing is really not the issue. The, the real issue is the heart. And you remember Jesus, he kind of pushed back on the Pharisees as they said, hey, your disciples aren't obeying the traditions of the elders. And Jesus said, oh, wait a minute. And he quotes Isaiah and he said, hey, these people praise me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. And so we looked at it and we said, okay, it is really important that our heart be right with God. That what's on the inside is more important than the way we dress or, or our clothing, how we fix up for Sunday. Because you can fix up as much as you want for Sunday and be a wreck on the inside. And only Jesus can change the inside. It's that work where turning over my life, I say, God, you are in charge Restore me, renew me, fix me, mold me, and change me. It's what Paul talked about in Romans chapter 12, where he said that we'd have a renewed mind. And so it would be an act of worship. So we talked about that a little bit, and it caused us to look at ourselves and to check our walk. So how is our lifestyle? So then we finished last week with a look at some changes planned for the coming months and how that will help us reflect the character and the, and the heart of God as we seek to develop authentic followers of Jesus Christ who impact the world. So that's what we did at the end of last week. Today, Mother's Day, we're, we're going to look at a, at a particular situation in Mark chapter seven that is also mentioned in Matthew chapter 15. So you kind of need to find both those spots. So Matthew chapter 15, starting at verse 21, and then Mark chapter seven, starting at verse 24. We'll kind of go through these passages, and there's a little bit of, of the little bit of Mark in Matthew, a little bit of Matthew and Mark, and, and so we'll kind of put those together to understand exactly what was happening. Uh, Mother's Day it was declared a national holiday in 1914, but it's a celebration or at least a recognition that goes back to ancient Greece or, or the Roman Empire. And so it's been around for a long time. 
And as we continue in this study, we're going to meet a mom with great faith and extraordinary tenacity. So would you, would you stand with me as we read Mark's account from Mark chapter 7, starting at verse 24. Mark chapter 7, verse 24, it says this, Jesus got up and went away from there to the region of Tyre, or Tyre and Sidon. And when he had entered a house, he wanted no one to know of it, yet he could not escape notice. But after hearing of him, a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately came and fell at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile or a Greek of the Syrophoenician race. And she kept asking him to cast out or cast the demon out of her daughter. And he was saying to her, let the children be satisfied first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she answered and said to him, yes, Lord, but even the dogs under the table feed on the children's crumbs. And he said to her, because... Because of this answer, go, the demon has gone out of your daughter. And going back to her home, she found the child lying on the bed, the demon having left. Let's pray together. Father, what a testimony of a mom. And Father, as we look at this passage that you've inspired in Scripture for us to see and recognize, Father, help us to glean from it the things that you want us to get, the things that we need to consider. And then, Father, help us to be obedient to the things that you call us to. God, that you would stir in us that want to of obedience to the command of you. And so, Father, I pray that our ears would be attentive to your voice this morning and that our heart would be soft enough to respond in a way that pleases you. So God, guide the rest of our time together. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So the background of this passage in, Matthew, or in Mark chapter 7, we find in, in verse 24, Jesus, you remember, he has done healing and teaching. He's been, a, he's been very busy, and he retreats to the northwest. Toward the, toward, away from the Sea of Galilee, toward the Mediterranean, and he, he retreats there with the idea of just getting away. But it says in verse 24, when he had entered a house, he wanted no one to know of it, so I, I kind of want to hide. You may have been in those spots. You kind of don't want anybody to notice you. And I, I've told you before that I go to Walmart like that occasionally, where I just don't want to see anybody. And it's not because I'm buying something I shouldn't. Okay? It's, it's, you know, whether I was in a hurry to get coffee or whatever it happened to be, I just didn't want to see anybody. And, and Jesus was in that place where he, was, he may have just been tired and he just wanted to get away. He said, but he could not escape notice. So it, it really didn't matter. Jesus wasn't going to escape notice. He was, he was famous at that point. And people were going to see him and they were going to know where he was. And so... He's there, and in verse 25, we meet a lady. It says, but after hearing of him, a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately came and fell at his feet. And, and the way Mark records this, it's kind of calm. But if we switch over to Matthew, we're going to see some things about this, this lady. Because it says in verse 22, 
in, um, in Matthew 15, it says, And a Canaanite woman came from that region, came out and began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. So it's, it wasn't a calm thing, like I walk up and say, Excuse me, um, can, we, can we talk for just a moment? I think she was much more panicked than that. If we go back to the idea of the, the synagogue official, Back when we looked at Mark chapter 5, we found in him this desperation in their voice coming before Jesus saying, there is something wrong in my household and I need it corrected. And only you can do that. Only you can fix this, Jesus. So she comes to Jesus. And the first thing I want us to know is that she approached Jesus with reverence. She came to him recognizing who he was. She was a Greek, a Gentile. And from the Jewish perspective, she was an outsider. She was somebody that, that they would kind of push back and say, I, I really don't want to have a whole lot to do with you. And there's another part to this because as she's yelling out, the disciples have this response like, we need to tell this lady to go away. She just needs to go away. Because you need a rest, you need a peace, but she just needs to go away. And so they try and convince Jesus of that. And maybe it's they're trying to keep some distance between her and Jesus, and, and Jesus is sitting there and he's saying, I came for the lost children of Israel. Jesus understood his mission. His mission was essentially to, to tell the Jews who had been, who had been the promised, the, the chosen people about the Savior that the law had led them to. Remember, the law was a tutor leading the Jewish people to understand their need for a Messiah and how to respond to a Messiah. And so Jesus says, I understand my mission, and my mission is to come to the Jewish folks first. And she recognizes this. It's interesting in, in Matthew how she addresses Jesus. She says, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. She came to Jesus understanding who he was. That he was from the lineage of David. She, he was the Messiah. And there was something that he could do that nobody else could do. She came to Jesus and recognized him. And she, I think she came penitently. She came wanting mercy. And maybe not for herself. She wanted mercy placed on her daughter who was demon-possessed. In verse 22 of Matthew, Matthew 15, it says, Have mercy on me. It wasn't that she came to Jesus saying, Jesus, I know you can do this. You owe it to me. She didn't come with the idea of privilege or entitlement. She came to Jesus saying, I know that you can do this. And by God's grace, you'll allow it to happen. Here was a mom who came to Jesus understanding where her only hope was. Knowing Jesus' identity and then knowing that he had the ability to change her family's future. That was a big deal. She could have gone to one of the disciples, but that wouldn't have measured up. She went straight to Jesus and said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. Would you take care of this for me? And Jesus pushed back a little bit. And she said, I came to the lost children of Israel. I came to feed them or give them what they needed. They need to meet the Messiah that's been promised. 
And so she came with, with, this, um, with this reverence, and she is relentless in her request. Jesus comes back at her and says, and says, let the children be satisfied first, or let Israel hear first. For it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Now we would look at that and we would say, Jesus was being awful cruel, calling her a dog, wouldn't we? We'd say that's, that's kind of out of place for Jesus. If Jesus is supposed to love, why use that terminology? Well, one, that terminology, we have to understand, was common practice. Is those that were Gentiles, or, and you remember Samaritans, they would refer to them as dogs. They were outside of Israel, the nation of Israel, or outside the people of Israel. And so there was that terminology that was generally accepted, and, and even if she would have gotten offended, she still pushed back on Jesus. She said, well, wait a minute. Even, even the dogs eat from the crumbs that the children drop. And so she pushes back. And maybe it was with quick wit, or maybe it was just that desperation. Wait a minute. You're not going to cut me off here. Because we would say it's uncharacteristic for Jesus to see a need and, not, and then not address that need. We say that doesn't fit. That doesn't fit the character of God or the heart of God. Jesus is just saying, I came to the children of Israel first. I don't think it was that he didn't care for this lady. I think he wanted her to understand who he was coming for and what his mission was. That it was for the Jews first. It wasn't isolation or isolated case where he pushed away Gentiles. He just knew what he was supposed to do. But she was persistent says, she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs under the table feed on the children's crumbs. What a great answer. And we'd say, that's a, that's a really good answer. And I think Jesus recognized that, and he responds to her. He responds to her. Now, you have to understand, she was relentless in this. I don't think she would have taken no go away very easily. And if you're a mom and you have a need for your child, you don't take no very easily, do you? Or very well. Uh, I remember when we, we lived in North Florida and we took Stephen to a pediatrician. And the pediatrician would, he would share with us something and wanted to go a certain direction. And, and Deb would just stand back and go, no. Not that. Not doing that. And he would go, well, you need to do this, 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 and this. Just, no. And she was, my wife got persistent and, and a little ornery, if you will. And she would push back on the pediatrician saying, I'm the mom, and I want this to take place in my child's life. Now, this mom was persistent in, in chasing down Jesus' grace. She was relentless as a mom in her request. I think she was relentless in several different things. She was relentless in protection. If you're a mom, you protect a child at all costs. You will, if you're a mom loves a child so much that they would give their life for that child. And if you've got a child, you know that, that a father or mother should give their life for the child. It's a protection kind of thing. I'm going to look out for their protection. 
There's also provision. Whatever would relieve her distress. Now, we went to a pediatrician in North Florida, but that wasn't our first trip to a pediatrician. When we lived in New Orleans for about four and a half months, we were there every two weeks. Amoxicillin was our best friend. And we went there on the day after New Year's, and every two weeks after that was Stephen and his ears. And we would just go, and, and we would look for some kind of way to find relief for the distress that Stephen was in. Well, this mom was no different. It was a spiritual kind of condition that her little daughter was suffering from. And so she was looking for some kind of provision that would relieve the distress of her child. It's that the idea of just providing for her family or for her child. Um, we, get, we hear about Proverbs 31 all the time on Mother's Day, and it is this tall order of what, what the writer of Proverbs says a woman could be. We read that like this is a should be. It is a tall order. It is a hard list of things. But here's one of the things that it says in Proverbs 31, 15. She rises also while it is still night and gives food to her household. She's just diligent. Diligent in providing for her family. The other thing I think this mom would have done, and we really just don't know a whole lot about her spiritual life, is prayer. It's the idea of a mom never gives up on their child. A grandmother never gives up on their grandchild. And so prayer is an important piece of this. Many prayerful moms have spent years agonizing over the lifestyle and the faith of their children. You know that's true. They, we've talked about it in here before in, in this, and you've heard a little bit of Stephen's story of how he walked away at one point. And I can tell you that Deb spent hours praying over our son because of his not wanting to follow in the same faith that we knew was true from Scripture, that he had pushed back. And so she prayed for his faith, and, and sometimes it's faith or lifestyle or something else. You just pray for your children, and you never give up. And it could be years. And this is where the persistence has to come in. And it may be for deliverance from a particular thing. It may be for salvation. It may be because that you recognize a call to ministry on the life of that child or that grandchild, and you're going to pray till they submit to that even if it is tough. In 2 Timothy 1.5, we read, Paul recognizes this heritage or this, this lineage of faith in Timothy's life, and this is what it says, For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. It was a family heritage that was discipled to Timothy. So essentially, a grandmother and a mother discipled Timothy and passed on their faith and taught him what it meant to trust Christ as his Savior. So she was relentless in her request to Jesus, saying, I'm not giving up. I'm not walking away that easily. I want you to accomplish this. And the third thing is Jesus' response led to an exciting reveal. Now, I don't want you to raise your hand, but I'm going to ask this question. How many of you watch Fixer Upper? 
Okay? Some of you have seen it. Um, we get on these, these things on, like on Saturday where Deb will just turn on the TV for noise and she'll turn that on. And it's like a marathon of home repair. And so that thing will stay on all day long and we'll just watch it. And one of the, one of the coolest places, and they always kind of give you this teaser, is that reveal. You know, where they've got the, the two pieces with the picture of the old house, the way it used to look. And they have it there, and they're ready to open it up. And they show them, and the faces on the people whose house it is it just starts to light up, and they start to pull it away, and then they go to the commercial. It's the worst part of the whole show. Then they come back and, and go through it, and when they, when they open it up, the, the faces just light up. And can you imagine this lady who came to Jesus? She said, I'm desperate for you to heal my daughter. And I'm willing to argue with you a little bit, Jesus, about this whole idea of whether you should bless my family or not. Even the crumbs fall to, to, those, to the dogs under the table. And what Jesus did is he recognized the great faith in this lady. If you look over in Matthew chapter 15, it says, And she came to him saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, and it goes through it, and she said, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from the master's table. And Jesus, in verse 28, answered and said to her, O woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed at once. She wasn't even present when her daughter was healed. Her daughter was healed. And I imagine when she got home, she walked in that room, and there was something different about the person she encountered when she entered the, her daughter's room. It says this in the last part of Mark's account. It says, In going back to her home, she found the child lying on the bed and the demon having left. Child lying on the bed, demon having left. <coughs> Something was different in that home. There was a reveal that took place when she walked in that room and saw her daughter that made her face probably light up with joy, understanding that Jesus, son of David, the one who had, could have mercy on her and her family, had done exactly what he said. And her faith, that one step of faith, going to Jesus saying, would you heal my daughter, made all the difference in the world. It's interesting because we don't have any more of that story. We don't understand, we don't, we don't read that she was found somewhere else in Scripture or that this happened in her life. All we know is that she came home and the demon was gone from her daughter. And I wonder what the story was like at the table after that. Daughter? You need to know where you came from. I'm your mom, and there was a time when you were desperately ill. And I went to this guy named Jesus. I had heard he had done some healing. And I knew of his reputation, and I knew who they said he was, that he was the Messiah, the son of David. And I went to him, and I pleaded your case. And when I came home, you were whole. You were different. Jesus had done something remotely in your life that I could never do for you. And as much as I wanted to provide for you and protect you, only Jesus could do what he could do. Jesus answered her prayer based on faith. 
said, O woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed at once. She had confidence in Jesus. The question, how much confidence do you have in God? How much confidence do you have that going to God, he will hear you? Listen to what it says in in Psalm 71, 5. It says, for you are my hope, O Lord God. You are my confidence from my youth. And then in Proverbs 14, 26, in the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence and his children will have refuge. Strong confidence. And then Hebrews 4, 16, the writer reminds us that we can have confidence in God and come before his throne. It says, therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Would that not be a theme verse for this mom? She goes to to Jesus recognizing who he was in reverence, coming before him and saying, I'm going to be relentless in my request. And then understanding that there was a big reveal, that Jesus led her to see something that was brand new, that was remade because Jesus put his hand on that daughter. As a son or a daughter, a husband or a wife, we need to know the saving and healing power of Jesus. There's some of you that came here today because it's Mother's Day. You may not have been here at any other time during the year, but you came because it's Mother's Day. But it's more than a holiday. It's a day of invitation. Where God says, I beg you and ask you to come to me. And I want to tell you, there's probably grandmothers and moms that have prayed that you might respond to the invitation of Christ. This is what it says happens when you accept Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. It is exactly what Isaac experienced in his life before going through the waters of baptism. Became a new creature in Christ. The old has passed away. All things are made new. Mom, you may need, if you're a mom in here, you may need a renewed sense of energy. There's some of you that are tired. You're tired of chasing after God, trying to be persistent in your request, and you need some renewed energy, some strength, understanding that you can go to God in confidence and saying, God, would you bring healing in my family's life? Would you bring healing to my husband? Would you bring healing to my parents? Would you bring healing to my son or my daughter? So some of you moms need energy. And so as we wrap up this morning, the invitation is a, a, it's in several different places. First, for those that have never accepted Christ as their Savior, I invite you, but more so God invites you to come and give your life to Christ. To be made new today because God is willing to offer forgiveness and peace and eternal life. So some of you need to receive Christ as your Savior. There are others in this room that need to be renewed and restored. Kind of maybe walked away, and you may be somebody that gave their life to Christ as a five or six or seven or eight-year-old, but haven't lived out the Christian life you started with. 
And maybe it's because you weren't in a place to grow. I get that. But you rely on that spot when you were five or six and say, oh, I'm a Christian. But there's been no change in your life and, and nothing to actually say that you are or prove it. May just, you may walk parallel to a Christian life, but really not in a Christian life. You, you're not really exhibiting the character of God. And so some of you may need to come to the altar and say, God, me and, me and you, you and me, we need to have a meeting. And I want to come for restoration this morning. And to have my life cleansed of sin. 1 John 1, 9 said, If we confess our sin, that he is faithful and just, forgive us our sin, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Wet, wet cloth to a whiteboard cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So the altar will be open. And then for moms, actually this is for if your mom is here, maybe not here, but you need to do this anyways, is to surround moms with families or by families. And just say, we want to lift you up in prayer. And it could be that you're having a, you have a hard time expressing the love you have for your mom and you just, you've just fallen short in that area. So this would be a time where you can express the love you have for your mom and pray for her. So the invitation is for the unsaved, the invitation for those that need to get right with God, but it's also an invitation to surround moms and pray for them and lift them up to the Lord and say, we appreciate you for God giving you to us to guide and help our family know who God is. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the testimony of this mom in Mark chapter 7. And Father, I, I thank you that as we read her story and about her persistence and um, just her drive to want to take care of her daughter, Father, you remind us of how important moms are, how they care for us, but what position you've put them in. And so, Father, I, I pray that as we have this time of invitation, that we would respond in a way that honors moms. And in so honoring moms, we would honor you. And so, Father, help us to be obedient during this time, that you would be praised by our response to your word. And so, God, guide our invitation time to your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. So would you stand? The invitation is open for you to respond in the way that God calls you to. And I want to ask that you would be obedient. Don't put it off. Don't hold on to a pew. But if God's calling you to come forward for salvation or come forward to pray and say, God, I need to restore my relationship with you. Or you're in that place where you just need to come beside a mom, your, your mom or your grandmother, somebody in your family and pray for them, I'd encourage you to do that at this time.
you're around a mom or a grandmother, would you just pray for them right now? Surround them. Father, we do thank you for the moms in this room. And Father, just like everybody in this room can claim just being imperfect, Father, you still lift up moms. We recognize this one in this passage of Scripture this morning. And we just thank you that you've graced them and given them this, this nurturing sense in their life to come beside us when we hurt, when we struggle. And Father, you've given them the ability, sometimes the, the drive to teach us and want us to know who you are. And so God, I thank you for them. I thank you for our time this morning. And Father, I pray today as we honor mothers, God, that this would continue through the day and that in so doing, you would be pleased. And God, we lift up to the rest of today. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you be seated for just a moment? We've got one more thing that we need to take care of. And so, Curry, would you come? Um, there's a, a mission trip, a vision trip coming up, and Curry's going to explain a little bit more, I think, and then um, would you lead it from here and dismiss us, please? All right, very good. Thank Tommy, you. get Tommy Parker to come up here with me for just a moment. As, as uh, Pastor Bob was finishing up the message, one of the things that really struck me was the question that he asked of, uh, as, I wonder what the story was like around the table, so to speak, of this family, of God's faithfulness, and the faith that was exhibited in that step. And it made me wonder, what would that look like if I was sitting at a table with my family? What stories would we tell? Uh, and I think that's a challenge for all of us, that, that we need to look at the, the things that we do to step out in faith, to go in the name of the Lord, to serve Him in whatever way He calls us. That's another thing we were challenged with a couple of weeks ago in a message was, what's your next step? So uh, I just want you to see and understand how God is weaving these things together so that you in your own way can respond to what God calls you to do. And part of what God calls all of us to do is to go uh, in his name wherever he opens the door for us to go. Um, 
I just, I think about my friend standing here right now, uh, Tommy. Uh, he is a, a good friend, a brother in Christ, someone that I've, I've grown to respect and, and love over the time that we've known each other as fellow teachers, uh, heart for sports and coaching. But the thing I love most about Tommy is not only his love for his family, but also the love for the Lord that would drive him out of his comfort zone to go to a place. If you remember, we had a team go to Haiti not too long ago, right? Several of you sitting in here were there. And there was this little storm that came up, right? Hurricane Matthew. That's right. And uh, guess what? Tommy's going back. So that's, you know, that's a step of faith in and of itself. So for us, this is a kind of a re revisioning trip uh, because it is, uh, some things have changed there. There's a organization now, it's Hope United Haiti. Uh, still some of the same people we've worked with in the past, but an opportunity just to see the way the Lord is working there. And so Tommy's going with Crosslink, our church plant, and there's about 16 people that are going on this trip. Tommy is the uh, the lone one going from Ebenezer at this point, but going with the idea of looking and seeing how God is opening doors for us to work in Haiti in the future. So uh, as we always want to do, every once in a while we miss these opportunities, but we want to make sure that we pray over the people that we send out because Tommy is going in the name of the Lord, but he's going as an extension of this body of believers here at Ebenezer. So it's a reminder for us to continue to pray for him as well. So I'm, I want to pray for Tommy, and what I want to do, something a little different today, just in the theme of family. If any of Tommy's family that's here wants to come up and stand with him, and uh, as I pray for him, then I just want to invite you to go ahead and make your way up here right now. Let's surround him, um, and I'm, I'm going to pray for him. And uh, I just, again, just as I pray, I want to just be a reminder to us that we need to step out in faith, wherever it is, whatever it is God calls us to do, that we say, yes, Lord, and we respond in that faith, okay? All right. Well, let me, let me pray for this sweet family and pray for Tommy as he goes. Father God, we just thank you so much, Lord, for your work in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that we get to serve you. Uh, Lord, help us and, and just shake us out of our comfort zones to where we uh, don't want to get our hands dirty or we don't want to go to dangerous places. Or, uh, Lord, even the example that we saw in scripture today of someone stepping out in faith that would be looked down upon for for that approach that she took but the boldness and the faith that was exhibited there lord so we we pray for that in our own lives and i want to pray over tommy right now i thank you lord for uh, his friendship I, I thank you for his partnership in the gospel and i just pray over him that you would go with him that you would uh, guide his steps i pray that you would open his mind and his heart to see your hand at work. Lord, he's not going just to see what that is. I know they're, they're going to be hands-on ministry involved, and when he gets there, it's not just looking around. He's going to be engaged and involved in ministry and outreach there. So we do pray, Lord, that you will use him, not only while he's there, but also on the trip, going and coming, Lord, that there's opportunities to reflect the love of Christ to the people that you put in our path. And I do pray for his family as well. And uh, I thank you, Lord, for a family that loves him, that supports him, and, and while he's away, I pray that you will uh, just circle them uh, with your presence and that you will guard their hearts and minds and that you will encourage them, strengthen them. Pray for Susan and just pray, Lord, that you would comfort her heart and just may we as a body of believers unify in the power of the Spirit in prayer as we lift up Tommy and his family. We do pray for Crosslink as well 
Lord, thank you so much for the, the church that you've planted from this church and, and that church having a DNA and an excitement of planting another church. And so we, we praise you and thank you for them. And uh, Lord, we just pray that in all things that will honor and glorify you. And before I close, Lord, I just, I'm just mindful of praying for not only the mothers that are here, even in messages and times like this when we celebrate motherhood, I know sometimes that it brings a heaviness of heart to some people for various reasons. So I pray that you'll minister to those who maybe have uh, lost a mother in the past year, um, who have gone home to be with you. And I pray for others who maybe have desired uh, motherhood, but has not been something that's been part of their life. And so I pray that you'll just comfort and speak to those hearts as well. For each of us, Lord, no matter what uh, physical family we have, we always have the opportunity to invest in the lives of others spiritually. So I thank you for the spiritual mothers that are, that are in this congregation here as well today. Lord, we just love you, and we thank you and praise you, and we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Love you guys. Have a great day, and we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to this audio from Ebenezer Baptist Church. We welcome you to join us next Sunday at 1030 for our weekly worship service. If you have found this resource helpful, please do share it with others and check out our other ministries at ebcconnect.org.